these guys were such pioneers and without them um who knows let's toast to them let's toast to them borman mattingly cheers cheers This episode of Eclipse on Tap is brought to you by Endo Cafe. Endo Cafe is a CBD Velo Cafe based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania that brings you high-quality CBD products at an affordable price. Why Endo? Why Endo? Why Endo? I'll tell you right now. Endo has two meanings, but carries one vision, to deliver high-quality, transparent CBD products to their customers at affordable prices. Whether you're active and prone to overdoing the occasional endo, or your body's endocannabinoid needs a boost, they have the right product for you. Sourcing from CGMP FDA registered facilities, all extracts are closely tested for heavy metals, pesticides, residual solvents, and potency. For 15% off your first order of Endo's CBD line, visit www.endocafe.com and enter the code Eclipse15 at checkout. Welcome back to Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds in space in general. Crack that beer for episode 69. Now I'm gonna, it's going to be tough to read after I crack it. That's right. I got this. All right. I'll, read, I'll read the uh, descriptor. So this beer um, is a very, very special one. Um, due to some recent events, um, sadly, Ecliptic Brewing has um, sold sold their business away to, uh, the brand will still live on, but the brew pubs, plural, uh, will close. So the, the original is just ecli- uh, ecliptic brewing. It's not like. Correct. And the, okay. And, and then, then the, second, moon the moon room. All right. Yeah. So it's, it was sad news. Um, John Harris posted a, um, social media post out to the public and described that through the hardships of COVID and rising supply costs and all the things that a small to medium sized business faces in this day and age, that it was going to be the best decision for, uh, for th- for everyone uh, that was involved to align the brand with a slightly bigger entity and keep it going, but then close down the brew pub. So this beer, um, when I say it's a special one, it I mean it because it is. It just so happens to be their tenth anniversary ale. I know so, the timing of that is like, yeah. Oh wow, because uh, you sent us the picture like the day before they announced that they were closing the doors. Yep, uh, for sure, and. It's uh, so it's a special one. I mean, to make it ten years in the brewing industry is a feat uh, on its own, especially now after the kind of the to be at the top of the mountain too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, John Harris is an absolute legend. We've talked about him before, but if you're a, maybe a he's new been listener, a guest. he's been a guest two times. Yeah. Well, that's cer- how we became friends with him. Absolutely, yeah. and we'll certainly have him on again, just because the um, endeavor has taken a little bit of a turn, and um, you know, some of what Ecliptic Brewing is is uh, going you need away. Glasses while, while you yeah yeah time. pour it. Um, even though all of that is changing a bit, uh, you know, we'll obviously still maintain our friendship with him and he's such an awesome advocate for space enthusiasm, amateur astronomer. The man is just an overall legend. And for those that, um, are listening, um, I think we do owe it to them to dedicate some time. They have been so gracious with us over the years, sending us beers to sample. David and I talked to them way back, um, in maybe the first couple of years of the podcast and they sent us a full case of beer. I remember and being shocked at that time and so great, so gra- uh, gracious of them to do so. It's like clockwork every month. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they send us a couple of new brews that they've got. 
I mean, it's been an awesome, awesome relationship for the podcast. Absolutely. And so I don't want it to sound like a somber thing. It's a sad, it's sad news, but at the same time, uh, John Harris, he just applauds to him. I mean, they won many awards. The beers were so consistent always. And I'm happy to hear that the brand will live on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Great Frontier Holdings is the company that uh, that's all public now. And they also um, run kind of the show or they're all part of the same entity as uh, Ninkasi Brewing, which is a Washington state based brewing company. And so it's good to know that it's it seems like it's in good hands. Um, I kind of like that. Like, you know, we've got so many good local breweries here. You know, if you were able to get more like regional type beers Mm -hmm. and you know, you subscribe to whatever that distributor is like just subscribe to them and get like a, you know, a couple of flights of beers every month. Yeah. It might actually allow them to distribute more than they used to in a way. So like there's, it's like, there's a pros and cons, I guess with everything, I'm sure that it doesn't always maybe feel that way at the moment for John and his team. But, but this beer is a special one, the 10th anniversary ale. Here's yeah, what, what the side of the on? can says. This is from Colette Becker, also a friend, the marketing manager over at Ecliptic. Um, <clears throat> this is a quote from John Harris. In the 10 years since we opened, a lot has changed in the craft beer industry. For example, people have been looking for lighter offerings as far as color goes. Rice was only used in American lager as of 10 years ago. The addition of this ingredient really lightens the body of a beer and lets the hops shine through. We are using a mixture of hops that were around 10 years ago, as well as some, as well as some that have been released since. Uh, thanks to all that have supported Ecliptic over the past 10 years. It means a lot to me. John Harris, cheers. Cheers. Um, this is a uh, rice IPA brewed, with, brewed to celebrate the 10th anniversary. It's light, crisp, and refreshing with loads of hop flavor from Simcoe, Citra, Cascade, and Amarillo. Get up there, boys. Cheers. Yeah, Ten Ecliptic Brewing. Let's do it. 10th yeah. Orbit. Cheers to you, John cheers. Harris. Cheers. Good. Oh, hazy. Dang, that's hazy-ish. really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's very crisp. It, it yeah. does. I was not expecting that. Well, I, he, I was uh, thinking like a rice lager, like a, you know, like a traditional Japanese beer. Yeah. Like a Sapporo hoppy. or something. Yeah. It's hoppy. And I think um, John Harris, when he says the addi- addition of this ingredient, rice, really lightens the body of the beer and lets the hops shine through. That could you totally. Could, I mean, the hops yeah. are yeah. on display. Yeah. And that Very in good. and of itself is just a. I don't know what what else more we can say about John Harris. Like that is the epitome of him. That sentence right there. It is dead on. The man is an absolute masterclass with brewing. Um, has always been that way. One of the founding brewmasters of Deschutes, which many of our listeners I'm sure are well familiar with. It is one of the biggest breweries in the United States now. Yeah. So he is an absolute pioneer. It, the way that he can describe a beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, like last episode, we're drinking un- underbrew, and we're like, yeah, yeah it's a tart saison. Like our dumbass palates. <laughs> we're like, oh, yeah, it's a tart saison. You get a little bit of the herbs at the end. The way that he puts it into words in that description. Yeah. And then you taste it. You're like, oh, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. He really hits the nail on the head. It always has we been that way. we got to send him some underbrew so he can give us a write-up on it. For sure. You know, I think we'll send him a care package. Send him and Colette yeah. some t-shirts. Uh, send them some underbrew and um, make sure that they're they're feeling we, like a, it's a well wishes, right? It's yeah. um, farewell. It's not goodbye. It's just <laughs> see you later for a little no. bit maybe. But no, it, it, we'll, we'll maintain this relationship because it's been such an important. I mean, it was the first partnership mm-hmm. from yeah. the very beginning. Yeah. I and mean, yeah. it was yeah. um, a really special one. So uh, big cheers to Ecliptic Brewing. The can is awesome, as you'd expect. Tenth Orbit. It's like a galaxy with, I think those are hops or yeah, meteors. Or meteors. Yeah. yeah. Looks like meteors. Shattering out on all directions. Um, I'm bummed we never got to get out there, though. 
That's my one regret. I know. It, it, their when's food, the official close oh, date, though? November 18th. Okay, so it's, it's the last this week. Pint. You get a flight this week. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. The very last pint will be served at the Ecliptic Brewing Brew Pub on November 18th. It'll be a yeah, sad day. It's next Saturday, yeah. right? I believe so, yeah. 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 So um, it, it's, of course, uh, as a lot of these things are, I'm sure there were, it was in the works for a while. And whatever John Harris chooses to do next, he will be successful. Whether oh, yeah. that's, um, you know, start another endeavor or just kind of focus in on, on himself a little bit as he maybe phases into retirement. Um, he will be successful as he always has been. Just for shits and giggles. Eclipse chasing. I'm looking at flights. Eclipse chasing. I'm looking yeah, at flights. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Who knows? Maybe there's a a quick little red eye over there. Do a over red to Portland. Red eye. Do a keg stand. Head back. <laughs> yeah, be good to go. Do a keg stand. Give John Harris a high five and and call it good. But it, mm. and really the thing too is, um, what do you think, Expedia? Uh, I don't know any of them. <laughs> Hotwire. Kayak. <laughs> The, um, no. the outpouring of support and like love really for John Harris and Ecliptic Brewing and all the staff members there has been really cool to see like on social media, you know, there's plenty of people that are expressing like, oh, so bummed, sad, you know, this, that, whatever. But everyone yeah. always follows it up with kind of the same sentiment in which we're um, thinking as well. So yeah. yeah, I hope they're doing all right. I know it's not a fun time, but I wanted to dedicate a little section of this episode 69 in the month of November here to Ecliptic Brewing. Yep. Cheers, uh, guys. Cheers to them. Cheers to them, definitely. <laughs> However, th- not so much to the price of a flight out there next weekend. Oh, boy. What are we looking at? Well, it's not. I guess it's not terrible. Uh, GRR to PDX, 876. Oh, damn. <laughs> round trip or that's, just one that's way? That's round trip. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one stop, I'm presuming, like Minneapolis Yeah, or Minneapolis. Yeah. Off, off you go out to the Portland Oh, yeah. Yeah, area. it's Delta. It's Minneapolis. For sure. Uh, yeah. Eight seventy six. I mean, we we got spicy. some budget left. <laughs> That's a spicy price. Yeah, it is. Um, but but the brand lives on. That's awesome. I, I I looked at the Great Frontier Holdings website and I was impressed. I'm glad to hear that it's and I I again John Harris, you know he's got the the brand going to the right place. I mean, it's yeah, not yeah. like he sold out to some. He didn't sell out to Walmart. And even if he did, whatever, right? But at the same time, you can tell. He, I mean, he's so passionate about it, and he wants it to be. It, I mean, it was his. It was his first full-blown endeavor of just his... On his own, yeah. On his own. Yeah, like, yeah. So he, <clears throat> yeah. He'll still be involved with the beer development, he said. He'll still be involved with the things that Great Greater Frontier uh, Holdings is doing with the brand. So that's I mean, nice. To I mean, if, if we can all have one wish, it's that he still has a hand in, like, naming the beers, oh, yeah. designing the beers. Like, I don't I don't want to see you retire, John. I, yeah. want, I yeah. still want to be able to get your beer. Yeah. wonder if the... Because um, they brew right there at the... Mm-hmm. Main site, so I wonder if they'll keep that as their brew location, or if they're going to have it be. I think it'll be a part of uh, Greater Frontier. Okay. Yeah, because okay. I looked. I think I'll have to dig into it a little bit more. There was an article that was really resourceful. It talks all about the what the company is. So Ninkasi is a big brewery. Like uh, are it, they? it's like I don't think the, I've ever had a um, Ninkasi. I think they're like the I don't think I've heard of thirty third largest brewery in the U.S. I saw in the in the article. Kind of okay. random, but like thirty third in the U.S. That's like. That's pretty huge. That's that's got to be on par with like a founders or a. I think founders is like number one or two. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> How about for crafts? Uh, yeah. Bells. Bells is be like right up there, up there top too. five. Yeah. yeah. So so but and you look at like New Belgium. Yeah. These are the top five, top ten. But to be in that top uh, fifty really is a pretty big brewery. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they um they've done cool stuff in the past. And then Kasi has with um a, a beer called I'll have to look the name up maybe on the break. But it's a beer they actually sent to space, um in a excuse me, in a rocket um, over in Arizona. They fired it off mm. from the desert and 
uh, I think it was called actually it's ground control. That was the name oh, of yeah. it. Ground control. So um, clearly some like-minded folks there. Ninkasi was not a space brewery and is not a space brewery. They still exist, but clearly they have some space interest with that beer. Yeah. So they'll be in good hands. Uh, there's a couple other brands under that umbrella that are all very like artisan and craft. So it's like definitely a, a holdings group or a group of people together that are passionate about craft. So it'll still, it's still going to do well. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. I got, I got a list for you. So the, the list of biggest craft breweries oh, yeah. in the U S a, a good little is some of these. I wouldn't even like, I wouldn't associate with as being a craft brewery. Mm. Like I, I would associate them with like Anheuser or oh, okay. whatever. Like hams or something. Yeah. But uh, Sierra Nevada, which I, they're craft. They're the, the biggest. Then you got Sam Adams, Stone, yep. Brooklyn, Bells, Deschutes, Odell, Gordon, Breesh, Beersh, mm. uh, Great Lakes. Wow. Cleveland, yeah. They're they're above Founders. Wow. That's uh, Minas, Great Stevens, Stevens Great Point, Brewing. Matt Brewing, Summit, Harpoon, Flying Dog, Algosh, Trogues. This can't be right. Founders isn't even on here? That can't be. No, well, it's not craft anymore. That's why. Technically, they sold 100% of their business to that Spanish company. Oh. So, I mean, it, it, it yeah. is craft. It's still it's craft, still craft beer, beer okay. but like, things get a little blurry with those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Bell's is probably the same way because they yeah. sold the All right, so maybe that's not an accurate list. But it's still an interesting one. I mean, you look at something like, uh, what, what was Deschutes on there? Fourth? Hang on a second. I've got a different website now. Deschutes was in the top five of that list, and that's, okay. yeah, John Harris started that. Yeah, so on this list is a little bit different. It goes Yingling okay. and Sun. Boston Beer Company, which would be Sam Adams. Sam Adams, Sierra Nevada, Duvel, Gambrinus, Artisan Brewing Ventures, Stone, mm-hmm. Canarchy. Oh, the Canarchy is uh, Oscar Blues. I don't even see. So mm-hmm. Deschutes on this list comes in at 11. Yeah. And yeah, like top 24, I don't even see uh, Bell's. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because they uh, distribute to all 50 states. So does Founders. And right. into Europe as well. Bells is all 50? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is not... These these lists suck. Yeah, those are just... Yeah. Yeah. But either way, it's... Uh, Ninkasi is an interesting one. And to, to see... When I saw their name um, associated with this um, bigger entity that is going to absorb Ecliptic Brewing, I was pleased. You know, it was like, okay. Yeah. They'll, the brand will still live on. Like, Yeah. yeah. There'll, there'll be some space beers being... Sp- the what's the slogan pour some space in your face yep that'll yes. still be happening i like their yeah. post because it said we've been helping you pour it in your face yeah pouring space ten, yeah for yeah. the last 10 years or whatever yeah it was uh a sentimental post there from john and um for him to say yeah last november 18th come cheers a pint for one last time it's, probably, it's yeah. like ah the last week to uh order some merch some if merch. you need some yep yeah. Some legacy merch, definitely. I mean, I don't know how that carries on to all those those questions. I'm sure are just at the forefront of um, a lot of people's mind in that industry. Like, I can't even imagine. So, wishing them mm-hmm. very well. Um, dedicate the first little bit there to yeah. them and to beer in general. It's a part of the podcast for sure. So, um, Underbrew's gone. Underbrew is officially sold out. Sold out. Yeah, we still have plenty <laughs> in our bounty. You come talk yeah. to us, and you might yeah. be able to find you one. But, I wouldn't say uh, plenty, but we have uh, we have some we, cases I've that got we purchased. A case, I think are just under a case left. Yeah, what, do you still have uh, some half yeah, case? I've, maybe I've got uh, a little over a half case. I've I've had three bottles. Actually, I got way over a half case. Probably I've only had three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah we I got one, one in the fridge right now. Hell so, yeah, yeah. Let's um, do it. Let's, let's do it. I was at the uh, the bike shop. 
seeing Mr. George mm-hmm. yesterday, and uh, he was interested in a bottle as well. So oh, yeah, we're gonna, it's going to head up there again. We still have yeah, to. Um, yeah, we we're, were talking about sending some to uh, John Harris. We'll 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 definitely. You know, we uh, should disperse. Stop, we should stop in on a Friday when they do that handlebar happy hour or whatever they do, mm-hmm. like at four o'clock, three or four o'clock on Friday. Mm-hmm. Just drop one off yeah. there. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, have a chilled one and we'll crack it with George. Yeah, for sure. I left just before they did their uh, happy hour. Oh yes, yeah, yesterday. But yes. what time? What time was it? Um, I think I left at like three thirty ish. So it okay. must be four. So that's yeah. good though. I mean, but they get like bands in there too. Yeah, it's it's yeah. fun. Yeah, George T. Swansea, the uh, proprietor of Rockford Bike Shop, our good friend, and um, yeah, Rockford Bike Shop. Got to get there if you're looking to um, to purchase or service your bicycle. Sur- servicing bicycles might be top of mind for some of us. Just finished up Iceman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good segue into Iceman. Um, Matt and I came out a little bat- battered and bruised. We did. Battered <laughs> Matt's and bruised. in a sling mm-hmm. for you YouTube yeah. watchers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go live on the break. And yeah. yeah, I'm in the sling. Um, it was an interesting Iceman, though. I think that, well, just to get the cat out of the bag, I crashed about halfway or a little more than halfway through. Um, if you're familiar with the race, Williamsburg Road is a good checkpoint that leads you into, it's not the halfway point, it's beyond the halfway, but it's kind of feel, I don't know, it feels yeah, like it's the halfway. Like, it's it's like the median Because it's so backloaded, like, the you're race just, with Yeah, climbs. you're like, okay, I'm past Williamsburg, now we're into it. Definitely, yeah. It's And we did the pre-ride the day before, and so it's just that mental moment where you're like, okay, cool. I know where I'm at, I know what I have ahead of me, and I'm feeling good. And I would say... Uh, off the line uh and feel free to jump in so I, yeah I, but, oh yeah because we were, we were same wave so matt and i are wave, wave two. two party wave yep. well i'll back up a little bit the day before i'll i'll, I'll eat my yep. uh, dirt here first yep so the day before we're doing the pre-ride from williamsburg in and i i was a little greedy i was i was up hoss's hind side, <laughs> side pretty tight and uh yeah i lost the front wheel and i went down i haven't gotten bruised like this it's a big from hit. mountain yeah, biking a, without like hitting like a tree or something. And my hip and my thigh are like purple and green and yeah, disgusting. that cask of sand is hard. It, like and it, it was a pretty warm day. It wasn't like it was mm-hmm. frozen ground or anything. I think it was like fifty five out when we pre rode. Yeah, but yeah, I, I yeah. mangled my hip pretty good. So then race day, continue on. Yeah, race day. Uh, we were in wave two, which was a uh, early morning wave. start, nine eighteen, and so it was thirty two degrees at the start. It was chilly. It was chilly. It was chilly. chilly. We were warming up with like our fleeces on, and we were like, oh, <laughs> yeah. we might need to throw another layer on. Did you go yeah. uh, full leg warmers too? Yep, full leg warmers uh, yeah. and the pink jersey. That's the, the, the I thermal. Did, I did tights in the pink jersey, and oh, okay. that was money. And we got some <laughs> sick uh, gloves the night before at yeah, the expo. expo. Oh, yeah. These thermal one hundred percent. Pink oh, yeah. ones They're that match pink. the pink jersey. Sweet. They're on, sweet. Um, I think they were like 20 bucks with the, yeah. with oh, yeah. the discount. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, no brainer. So got all all kitted up. We're feeling great. And um, the beginning of the, the race and, I, you know, I think a lot of our listeners race this too. So they'll, I think, appreciate yeah. hearing the story. Yeah. So at the beginning of the race, it was it was good. We're feeling great. We started great. at the tail end of wave two. We're just like, start picking we, our way through. We, like literally everybody's rolling off the line and Matt and I are like still sitting there like, all right, let's do this. Yeah, it was, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you're in, you're still in a competitive wave. You're in a fast wave, but it doesn't yeah. make sense to just be bumping oh. elbows and getting, I mean, I crashed either way, but at the end of the day, uh, but you're going to. It was fun. Like at the start, you and I get out there. We're mm-hmm. kind of sitting at the back and, you know, you go through the airport and everything. And I was like. You you picked off a few people. Yep. And we had like like closed a gap and done a couple of things and we're sitting there together and I was just like on your wheel. I was like, 
I don't know if you heard me say yeah. it, but I was like, I like this, Matt. This is yeah, good because we, like we didn't get all flustered and like sprint in the start. But we got onto the that two track area and we were just shifting lanes and passing people. Yeah, no, there was a big. Uh, the the conditions were dry, so it was kind of sandy, and there mm-hmm. was a sand pit that there oh, was yeah. a pretty gnarly crash in yeah. at the towards the beginning, and it was to the point where the Garmin had went into like crash mode, and it was like a like sound in oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that those dudes hit the deck hard. They did. And, uh, but we were able to avoid that. That wasn't a concern. And uh, hopefully they're all good. I think they, I saw them getting up just fine. So we continue the first big checkpoint for those that know the race is called Dockery, Dockery Road, right? Yeah. It's a little road you cross. And through Dockery, we were together. Yep. We were right with each other. So I was feeling good because for me personally, that was uh, on a probably a slightly spicier pace than I would have been used to. And I was still feeling really great. But mm-hmm. we were oh. we were like measuring our effort. Like mm-hmm. I, I was never like going balls no. out to like chase on. We're just like, let's just ride at a good tempo. It just, and felt- it just so happened that like our tempo was enough to catch everybody. It wasn't yeah. like one of those panics, like we got to get to the front and we, you know, you're going balls out. No, there was no, it wasn't like redlined or anything. Yeah. And, but, but so I look back and I think there was a point where we, I started to kind of separate from you a bit, but even if I look back at the data or the results or whatever, the, um, Williamsburg road piece, let me refill you as Matt continues. Uh, Williamsburg Road, as we said, is like, I think it's 11 or 12 miles to go of a 30-mile race. And at Williamsburg Road, I think I was like two and a half minutes behind you. I was still like, I was feeling great. I mean, for me. Yeah, we got, we probably got separated like two-thirds of the way through the first, like the section before Williamsburg. And it was fine. Like, I, I was... I was starting to feel like, I was like, all right, cool. I'm still me- I'm measuring my effort. I'm feeling great. And I look back at my Strava stuff um, from the first half and I like PR'd all of the segments. I was, and so it was my, my, my feeling of uh, having a good ride early on was, was true. Like I was really, we were flying along and it was nice. And then right after Williamsburg Road, there's an open section of two track. And I had been in, I was in no man's land between two groups and something happened i think i was a little distracted i, I was know exactly where, where you're talking well, where was nathan at this point like two, was, two minutes ahead of okay. me. Yeah. Okay. yeah um but i was still feeling great and i was feeling like i could start to creep in a little bit of not the bonk but like i'm like i, sh- I need to eat yeah so i was a little distracted i think like i was in my mind i'm like all right i'm going to grab my gel or whatever and something i don't know i hit some sand or something like i was on a straightaway it was the best possible time to to be taking your eyes off the trail mm-hmm. yeah. and I must've just hit a sand in the middle or something. And I went down immediately. I was on the ground. So did you go down with like one hand on the bar? Mm-hmm. So my right, well, kind of, I was about to go grab. Okay. Like I was literally like in the process of like grabbing the, reaching my hand off the bar. But you got then, your hand back on the bar. Yep. Okay. And then I could, but I was my, gonna say that would, my wheel bad. was in the sand. Yeah. That, Not that it wasn't bad, but the wheel was in the sand though. So either yeah. way I was going, I was going down. The bike did not touch the ground at all. Not even a, not Thank God. Uh, nothing. Yeah. It was weird. Like the bike just stayed up kind of, but my arm kind of went out. I, I unfortunately, you know, your subconscious, if you're not expecting it, you brace yourself, which yeah. is stupid. But, um, I have been through shoulder injuries in the past with my left shoulder. And so I know what the worst feels like. And I was like, you know what? I, my knee, I scraped up my knee. I cut a big hole in my leg warmers yeah. and I was bleeding and all this. Oh. That was worse to me. Like I was, it was more of a burn because I actually cut my uh, knee. But I'm like, you know what? I still, I feel fine. Like I gave myself a second. I think I, st- I stood there for like a minute, kind of just assessed. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. I got back on the bike and I finished. Now, of course, when you crash like that, anyone that rides bikes knows it starts to, the bonk, 
That's the, you it, get that it, adrenaline rush right afterwards, and then you're you like, crash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, like no, I'm saying, right after you crash, mm. yeah, you get that adrenaline rush, and, and then, then it crashes. Yeah, so that's what you, I mean. You come down hard off of that. Yeah, and then I was like feeling kind of sick to my stomach, and um, the bonk is something at Iceman. You, you, everyone knows to expect it. Yeah. Like you're gonna hit yeah. it. It might hit you with a mile to go. It might hit you if you're lucky on the very last climb, but it's going. It's a long, hard race. So I was feeling great. And I think if I had consumed that gel, because um, that was the other downside, is the gel that I was going to grab, I have no idea where it landed. Actually, it exploded yeah. when I crashed. <laughs> it's all over my bike. It was... Um, was that uh, the cranberry one? It was red, yeah. The one that uh, you guys got the night yeah, before? Yeah, yeah. So From it looked the, like blood. The dude all that was like no. really selling you on them? Yeah, yep. That was that one. So yeah. this guy was selling this organic gel and he gave me a few samples. So I had thrown it in my jersey. And uh, I wanted to message you're him about and be like, to activate hey, the superpowers. Your gels didn't work. <laughs> yeah. But Piece long story shit. short, um, yeah, unfortunately, I fractured my humerus, a little piece of the humerus, the greater tuberosity, the kind of anchor point of your joint on the humerus side of the bone has a little tiny. That's in a sling. Yeah, little tiny. MRI how, today. How long does it's it gonna be good. take? It's six, gonna be weeks. six weeks. Okay. It's going to be so, fine. Not going to be. Yeah, not no, I'm feeling good. surgery. It's really not so bad. Yeah. Even like obviously, it, well, the pain wasn't that bad if I finished the race without. Yeah. I still yeah. finished in a decent time, not as good as I would have hoped, but it was fine. Yeah, and finished out the rest of that day. Had a great time, no issue. And then something was just lingering, so I got the X-ray on Tuesday. Mila and Emrys were freaked out by your knee. Oh yeah, Emrys oh, was yeah. like he couldn't yeah. look. Yeah, <laughs> oh really? Yeah, it, I thought you gashed it pretty good. I did. Like, yeah, it, it the, looked like it was deep. The thing, it was a super sharp, like it must have yeah. been a sharp rock because yeah. it was slit right through the leg warmer. Yeah, and but the upside of it being a sharp cut is it is it was clean. It yeah. healed almost immediately. Like the yeah. next morning, it was like back and in. You were totally alone when this happened, then, or you had you had people around you? I had two. I was in between two groups, so I could see a group pretty far up the road. Um, that was that was starting. I was kind of starting to catch. I was excited because you know that two track yeah. section. It's wide open. You're like, all right, I yeah, can, you can see like a half mile up the road. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm ready to click into like a a pretty um low cadence here and just power it out. Yeah, and um yeah, luckily there was no one behind me though, so no one saw it. <laughs> are they did, are they still using that new stuff that they designed um handful of years ago for the for the uh, single track stuff? The in the finish, you're saying, or, uh, or even kind of like at the beginning, mm-hmm. the new yeah. the new stuff they're yeah, still the, using. Actually, all that? the yeah. beginning had a lot more single track in it this year yeah. than okay. prior years. Yeah, it was uh, the first up until Williamsburg was a little more single track than usual. Yeah, I would yeah. say I would say it's significantly yeah. more, but yeah. it was good single track. Mm-hmm. It was like I was worried because I had heard stories about you know guys going out to pre ride and like seeing people out there with like hose that were, like were just like chopping up trail basically, yeah. and it, like I was thinking it's going to be like yeah. like Perry like just you're going over mounds and stuff. Yeah. But it was ridden in pretty good. It was. So yeah, it was, it was a good event. Uh, we had the Underberg tent out there. It was great to see some friends, uh, a good many Berg were had. Yeah. Yeah. Some Bergs oh, yeah. were had Rob, yeah. sat by. Uh, Rob Mendering, our good friend. And, and, um, he's on the kit with the mustache, the thigh stash, yes. uh, has the best photos uh, for, he's, for cycling. He's, yeah. he's willing to pay top dollar for the crotch. He said, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> consideration. I, saw, I, I saw my, uh, my neighbor, uh, Mr. Daniel Schamberger, uh, yeah. had a good, had a good ride. Daniel Damberger had a yeah. good ride. Really good ride. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about mine yeah. real yeah. quick. Yeah. And then, then we'll get into the pros because there was some carnage there too. Oh yeah. So Matt and I, you know, at, at about, about the point we get into some of the single track, you got caught behind somebody. Yeah and gapped off me because I was like second in the group. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of split up and I'm like, 
do I wait for Matt or do it? Like, cause I, I wasn't going to race it, but I, I had told you beforehand, I'm like, I know I'll get into this and I'll oh, get yeah. into it and for I'll sure. be like, Oh, how many can I pick off? Well then, yeah, I'm just kind of jumping group to group and it starts getting into my head. I'm like, I'm, I passed Jeremiah. So I've passed, I'm into wave I passed one Jeremiah as well. I'm into wave one at this point. I know I'm like, man, if, you know, if I just like keep a steady pace, I, maybe I'm top 10 in my age group or whatever. So, um, I, I was pretty much alone or like going through groups the whole way. And then, uh, coming into the finish, some dude from like wave five or something passed me going up and Rob caught me in a world of pain. <laughs> I, was it icebreaker that he's icebreaker, on? Yeah. Okay, icebreaker. I, I was crawling there, but some dude from a few ways back, like flew past me. I was oh, like, wow. Whoa. like up until that point, nobody had passed me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I came in, saw the kids, uh, and it was cool, a cool finish this year, I thought. Mm-hmm. And, um, I ended up fourth. Yeah. Awesome. And we had podium. another podium with Zulke. Aaron Zulke. Second, second in his age group. Yep. So you, you were fourth in your age group? Then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you got, uh, got up, they do uh, top five at the, at the Iceman. So Neil and Emrys came on podium with me. Yep. And then Aaron was second in his age group, which was fantastic. He was actually very close to first. Very um, close. He was like a couple with, seconds. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. Within so, 10 seconds, I think. Yeah. And oh, he, yeah. he was, I mean, he had a fantastic ride. Which is like, like, like I was looking at the guys on the, like the results for mine. I don't know any of them. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't know who I'm racing against. Yeah. You know, you're just like out there trying to go as fast as you can and find a group that's like a good cohesive group or whatever. Yeah. Cause you don't know. I mean, 41, 42, 43, like it's I don't a bunch know. Who of, I'm, bunch of like, people know, you don't know. Yeah, I know people from the road, and I know generally their age, but I don't know like who would be another forty-two-year-old I'd be competing with. Right. Yeah. It. Uh, it was an interesting. It, it's always interesting to see where you where you stand. Like even even with my crash and all that, I think I still was like twentieth out of like hundred twenty yeah. in my age group. It, it just is one of those things that you never really know. You don't know who you're up against. So yeah. I'm looking forward to next year with a clean shoulder and hoping that this MRI today did not reveal anything further because that would suck so yeah um hopefully um, it's gonna be fine i think so too it really feels it it feels pretty good if i'm uh the only thing that i have i can't abduct my arm i can't lift it up too well it's very weak but i think that's a result of the fracture um and also my my bicep it looks it looks disgusting it's it's so gross because the bone is so bruised the bone is bleeding Mm -hmm. i talked to lynn's about that today because i was like you know, your, your bruise is more like on your bicep almost. Yeah. And mine's down my thigh, even though it's my hip that really hurts. The blood goes down. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Gravity. She's like, oh yeah, it just sinks down there. Yeah. Like my bicep is not sore at all. Like, no, there's no, it's not like I hit my bicep, yeah. but because yeah. it's just gravity is pooling. It's kind of, it's just pulling it's up down there. It's really nasty. Yeah. So <laughs> it looks worse, way worse than I think it is. We and, get, yeah. Before we wrap up on ice, well, yeah. on our races anyway, um, got to give a shout out. So we had. Matt and I, wave two, wave one was Jeremiah. And wave, Aaron. And Aaron. Yep. Uh, wave four was Haas. Haas, Ben Blake. And then Jason all showed up with his daughter. Yeah. So we had a good crew, good showing. Yeah, it was cheers to... Back, uh, back to the whole, you know, the, the team tent and the, the Underberg. We, yeah. were, we were the life of the party because we were like right at the end of the... Uh, finish line at the end of the shoot yeah. um yeah so it was an easy place to see when i was going cross-eyed bonks you know bonked just absolutely out of my mind just like okay whew. yeah there's that underburst there's home there's there it is it took you a few minutes to want a burg afterwards oh yeah i was not feeling good and then like hindsight now like i broke my shoulder so i like yeah. i just yeah. had that sick stomach feeling i was also bonked 
my knee was bleeding and yeah back to emrys yeah he's like what's I, wrong yeah. with I pulled Uncle down Matt? My, <laughs> i pulled down my leg warmer and it looked it was like bleeding a lot like a decent yeah, amount yeah. And, and he just he, he was looking at it but he also couldn't Julia's like yeah. pull your leg warmer off yeah he was like <laughs> yeah. shielding his eyes and like oh, oh. <laughs> well, speaking of emrys he uh he took the whole shot oh, he did yeah for the kids I mean, uh, yeah now yeah. Into, into the good stuff so we had snow yeah. cone race this year kids race first time ever mila williams emrys williams both competed um it was a one mile circuit. One and a half. A one and a half? Yeah. Oh, it's even longer than I thought. Mm -hmm. um, but they both did it. Mila's got a geared bike now. Emrys still on the uh, 50 the mil single cranks, speed. single speed. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does. I, I will give it to him. He is like a hummingbird. He gets that thing ripping. So, yeah, he takes off. You got good video of it, and then we mm -hmm. gave it a little soundtrack, too. I think I posted it on Instagram. Yeah. But, yeah, he takes the whole shot and... Man, he won his. Did he win? Yeah, the, the oh, yeah. smile on that kid's face coming across the finish line. Yeah. I was like, yes, because they do it with the snow cone. As like all the kids are kind of out on the course together, so and everybody gets a, a medal. So it's not yeah. like there's actually. Oh, he's. But no, you, no, don't tell him that. Attention. No, I know he has a champion medal. I know that's the thing is like if you're paying attention, you can be like, okay, I watched the group of all the four year olds go off together. Yeah, and I saw Emrys get the whole shot and he also was crossing the line before any of those other kids i saw so yeah. he for sure took the four-year-old one yeah which is fucking awesome. a righty yeah yeah and amila did great in hers um oh man yeah. they were they were jammed they were, cool. they were so pumped about that like, yeah we were we can were we saying, do this again next year dad definitely do it again next year and then we were saying too um we got to get jake sittler out to race ice man and get his his little guy would absolutely oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. dominate yeah he probably fletch, fletch would just <laughs> dominate that he course. would just dominate it um and like the i think he's five or, or you know whatever age group yeah. he is his little mullet yeah his just flying yeah. mullet it'd be so good yeah um come on jake yeah, we need it, you next year EOT yeah, kit it's gonna be great we'll put you in the pro race and we'll we'll be drunk by the time you get to the finish absolutely um, and then the other shout out too is a final transition um, as we not only transition out of Iceman but also into our break. Um, shout out to Nolan Vanderswag, uh, our our pro, our stash <laughs> ER. Um, he he had a fantastic race. Uh, he was racing uh, for a team that he formerly raced with and had kind of one more commitment to them. In fact, I think we all but, formally raced for. <laughs> yeah, uh, he has no he, names named. Yeah, he just had one more he had made a commitment the the yeah. the man no, stuck to his good. word and so but he did he did have the the proton on yeah he, he did the, did he yeah it, it i hate to say this but it did look good with their it actually too. did look good but he finished um, <laughs> but that's because it's our proton he was pretty close to top 20 he, yeah he was, 20. No, he was like right in there 21st or yeah oh, something like that yeah yeah the winner um alexi vermilion crossed in an hour 35 something like that and uh nolan was like hour 39 yeah. yeah so he's right up there yeah. like he's and you know, i really, was, really I was an hour 54 <laughs> and i was 204 yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything close like anything two or below was a really good time this year that's yeah. usually a good time i think like right around given the amount of single two. track and like towards the finish man those climbs just keep coming <sighs> they i well, i was like just, six miles out i think and i'm like I got to take a gel now because I can feel it coming on. Like, mm -hmm. and yeah. it did, I think, I mean, I still suffered like a dog, uh, which you can see in the photos that Rob took. <laughs> but uh, if I hadn't taken that, I would have been like on the side of the trail, just like sitting. Absolutely. Like, That's the thing too with, uh, if you want a good laugh, uh, my bib number was 548. Go to robmenderingphotography.com and search my bib. It's, I look 
terrible <laughs> going up icebreaker. Broken shoulders. I, my shoulders broken. My knees life. bleeding. Yeah. I'm fully bonked. So every single muscle in my abdomen is distended because I can't. You know. You know how it is yeah. when you bonk. Yeah. You're just like. Yeah. I, I look have like no a whale anymore. I just and I my face is like. Ashen and your uh, <laughs> bike was, the bike was the fine. Mouth, though, right? The bike was fine. The yeah. bike looked fantastic in the photos. It did, bike. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, new bike did not get damaged um, because of the way I fell. It, I kind of just did like a grind, like a skateboard grind, but like my shoulder was the skateboard. <laughs> you know, like, that's yeah. But my bike didn't hit the ground, so that's it was on ideal. Yeah, yeah, not ideal. Um, but yeah, so the the pro race was was great, and they had some wrecks though coming into the finish. We were just did. talking about it, like the. Tyler Orschel, the, the kid that was leading. It, so you kind of you're on trail, and it bumps up like two feet onto like an actual paved road because you're in a you're in a campground. So yep. there's like paved roads that go through, and they, they had it finishing on that paved road. Well, he comes up that two foot like bump or whatever, and like lost his front end, and I he had it, he had a couple seconds on. He had Alexi. the race one. Yeah, I felt really? bad. Yeah. All he had to do is come around that corner, and the finish line's right there. I mean, and he had him by a couple seconds. How old is this kid? Twenty five. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. Because he was wearing. I thought he was Brevard. wearing a Brevard. Yeah, I cycling think. He, kit. I think he's in like grad. I don't know, but I think his. I think his uh, age is twenty five. Okay. So maybe he's, he's in grad school or something. Yeah. But he was wearing a Brevard. So just kit. wiped out. Yeah. Just yeah. wiped out. Just he lost got, the front tire and on his side. That would have been a great win for him. Yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah. an absolute um, top of the but, resume. But like so, he goes down. Then like I think fourth place goes down, mm-hmm. and then ninth or tenth place goes down. Like. There's a, a bunch, bunch of dudes losing it. And I, I slowed down for that corner I because too. I was like, this could be tricky, you know, because you get that, like, there's mulch, so mm-hmm. it's like a dirty road and everything, and, you know, you can lose your front end really that easily. That sucks for that kid, man. Yeah, it really does. And H- How far from the actual line? 100 meters. Less than 100 at, meters, yeah, probably. I mean, 75 maybe. Oh, yeah, and, and he had he had it won. I mean, even if Alexi sprinted, it wouldn't have mattered. He yeah. had it won. And, um, yeah, kudos to him though. He, Tyler, uh, he got, got up and he still finished fourth, which yeah. is impressive to in the flurry of the finish to still get off your, and Tyler, um, if you ever listen to this, yeah. the, the look on his face on the podium oh, is yeah. so dejected. Oh man. And I'll tell you, I have had that same experience when I was at nationals. Oh yeah. Where I was so mad that I yeah. took second. Yeah. Look out like, for Tyler Orschel next year at yeah. Iceman. I mean, that, that, he's going to come yeah. back revenge. Yeah. You know, it. Uh, he, that kid is going to be true. If you need a trade team. Yeah. yeah. For the yeah. hop aboard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Brevard's not paying you anything. Yeah. We can at least give you underbergs. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah. So Alexi won his second in a row, uh, from Pinckney, Michigan and a fellow Michigander has been a part of the scene for a while, of course. So kudos to him. Um, his Former third, third overall. Yeah. If yeah, you ever hear yeah. this too, I I do cheer for you. Absolutely. It's so cool to see you winning. A Michigan a Michigan winner is yeah, he's always cool. Ripping up the gravel scene. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah, he's doing yeah. a lifetime yeah. series. But uh but yeah, we'll 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 fade into the break here. Um and yeah, it, the Iceman is always a fun season ending event. So it was it was great, even though we're a bit battered, a bit bruised. We are. It's all right. No worries. Man. We'll move on and be all right in the future here. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll grab our uh, underbergs here. The underberg berg break. Are they chilled? They are chilled. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yep. Yes. Yep. We'll clank some bergs and we'll be back with you in just a few. Cheers. Cheers. Eclipse on Tap is also brought to you by one of our longstanding friends. He's our official shop supplier. Rockford Bike Shop, George T. Swansea, his wife Katie, Geese, the team over there is awesome. If you want great prices, awesome selection of product they have more in the state than than really any other dealer i know of right now and 
just professional service. I mean, I only trust my bike to George at Rockford Bike Shop. He can do it all. He really can. Whatever you need for your bike, whether you are a uh, recreational rider or a full-blown racing cyclist, George has what you need. And he'll get your bike in tip-top shape for the spring season. Yeah, so we'll get back into it here. Uh, Second half of episode 69 in the month of November with a Berg. Clank it. Clank it. Let it percolate, biatches. Oh, man. Haven't had one of these since last Saturday. Oh, you're and a dude. I had four, I think. Mm. Well, mm. Um, I am collecting tops. We are too now. In that uh, little uh, oh, like decanter. It. Nice. Very, very nice. Here you go. Well, I have a nice little collection at home as well. I've started to do that. I, started, I think something hit me. I was like, why yeah. do I... I mean, we. I've got one of those. So many of them. I think you've seen it in the garage. I found those uh, up north. I found those uh, like green tinted, like big. They're like seal off, like a like a nut container would, like a glass type jar that's got like that seal on it. Oh, okay, nice. But there's green ones. They're really cool. So I started filling them with Berg caps. Heck yeah, yeah. If you're if you're not familiar with <clears throat> Underberg, it is a fantastic. Herbal digestif, and you can collect the little green plastic tops and save them and turn them in for prizes. Little green. <laughs> Go on now. Get to drinking them. Yeah. Turn no, them I in for I, I think prizes. I had, I had two Bergs in me before you ever got your first one down at Oh, Ice yeah. Man. I was not feeling too hot. I it, it took me a second. Once I did get a Berg in me, I was good. And that's the thing. Is I, I was bonked, but I knew not to. It wasn't like beyond the limit. You bonk, know, so I recovered. I, I have found a new niche. I mean, like to settle a stomach, like... If you go really hard in a race like Iceman, mm-hmm. I it takes me a while to like really want a beer or want to eat anything. Like yeah. my stomach's just upset. A burg is the perfect thing after a race like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you're like, oh, oh, god, that helps. But you got to be careful. You don't yes. have too many of them. <laughs> yeah, you don't we abuse did them. Learn. <laughs> you, <laughs> you just can't, can't yeah. abuse the bergs. Yeah. yeah, keep keep it to a couple um, because yeah, after six. Uh, <laughs> They start to add up. It's, after, a, it's a compound effect. Yeah, I mean, even uh, even if it's not after a you know heavy exertion, mm-hmm. uh, even if you're just chilling, drinking under brew, <laughs> you mm-hmm. want to make sure you balance the under brew yes. with the under brew. Yeah, but it's like everybody yeah. that came up to the tent, you're like, oh, let's have a berg. That's Speaking, that's the tricky part. That's yeah. the problem. Oh yeah, let's do it. Speaking another of under brew, we've got uh, <clears throat> a cold one. Beautiful, another under brew. We're. Uh, Read the label for us, David. Come on now. We, we read it last time, too. Yeah, I know, but we can reread it. It's it's it's, it's classic. Yeah. Underbrew is an oak-aged ale meant to be sipped or taken all at once if you're feeling wild. Brewed with bittering herbs, citrus, hops, and ginger in just the right amounts. Pairs well with the good life and Underberg. Naturally delicious to feel happy and refreshed. Yes. Underberg Eclipse on Tap and Speciation. Collaboration. Collaboration. Six and a half percent. A beautiful ale. You know, I love our label, but I kind of like the first one that that, uh, um, Mitch or Ward came up with. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Meant to be sipped or drank all at once if you're a crazy bastard. Crazy SOB. Crazy SOB, yeah. Oh, they changed that? Yeah. I didn't even know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the original kind of just fun, fun rough draft. But yeah, it's uh, a fantastic ale, and if you're, um, if you haven't had it, I hope you get a chance to to try it somewhere. Maybe there's a, a or few. you're gonna have to wait till September of 2024. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, we'll have batch number two. Who knows? The future is bright, and uh, we're 
very proud of this beer. So uh, happy to have it again in this month of November. Along with an Underberg. Can't ask for much more than that. Hell no. Put them up. <clears throat> Get in there. Come on. Beautiful pole. Put them together. Beautiful, beautiful. Clank. Oh, God, I think I can taste so the good. gentian root. <laughs> that is very good. Yeah, it's so good. It's mm, so man. good. It's got just a little bit of the herbal. I wish it wasn't so damn good because I don't want to drink it, but I want to drink it. Right. Yeah, it's I one do of those... plan on aging a bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to save one. like one or two yeah. and just save them. Yeah, there was because a... if we do continue to do this, it'd be cool to have like the original yes. to go back to. Yeah. The flight like, of it, uh, 2023, 2024, 2025. Our 10 year anniversary. We'll, we'll go back to like the first. Yeah, I'm with you. We should when definitely. We're, when we're 80, we'll just be like, <laughs> this is the it's all this, flat and this nasty. is the 2023 edition <laughs> yes it's gonna be good um it's just crusties on the top. When, when you when you toss my ashes you guys need to crack the final bottle <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so agent it will be will be fun to see how it how it changes and yeah what 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 occurs in the future with underbrew and we were very excited for what's to come there um as far as the second iteration We'll see what, what the future holds. Yeah. <clears throat> but in the second half... Um, we got some space news. We have some space news. and then some, Not so good news. Yeah, some sad news. A couple of legends have passed, and one being Frank Borman, the commander of Apollo 8. So he died on the 7th of November, age 95, in Billings, wow. Montana. Um, he was Just born in 1928 in Gary, Indiana. Good old Indiana boy. Yep. Apollo 8 and Gemini 7. Gemini 7. Legend. Um, this one really bums me out. Yeah. Ken Mattingly. Yep, Ken Mattingly. Ken Mattingly was uh, 87, a member of the Apollo 13 crew, of course. Um, he also uh, did circle the moon successfully as a command module pilot in Apollo 16. And he also flew the space shuttle. Uh, ne- never stepped foot Mattingly. on the moon, though. Never stepped foot on the moon, but was very important to the Apollo. Very, yeah. very well, important. Mattingly actually... Um, didn't go on Apollo 13 flight because he had uh, the measles. measles and yeah, that was a, that was a, uh, he should have been. Yep. Should've he should there. Should have been Gary Sinise. That's the actor, right? Um, <coughs> For Ken I, was, I was thinking of <coughs> Gary Sinise walking away, unfortunately from Apollo 13 as he, uh, yeah, he had contracted the measles. Yep. Very unfortunate, but but uh, made it made his way back into the Apollo missions in sixteen, and I wanted to see too, Mr. Ken Mattingly. I mean, he was definitely the kind of guy that you know was all they were all so invested into the mission, um, clearly. But for him to have gone, and we've talked about this some, with some other legends that have passed from the Apollo days, but individuals that had completed their Apollo mission. And then they were still like, let, yeah, they end up flying a space shuttle or they, they just were so, so in it for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really impressive. Those, those guys, it wasn't a one-time deal. I feel like, no. like they're, they just have such legend status because they were the pioneers. Like, and that's not to take away from the current crop, but you don't know their, the current crops names. Like you knew the Apollo Gemini, you know, all those like pioneers of space travel. Yeah. Yeah. And Frank Borman right apollo 8 he was a part of a three-man crew that was the first ever to orbit the moon the yeah. first human to ever orbit the moon um 
pretty insane. And so to, to lose a legend like that, obviously 95 years old in Billings, Montana, the man lived in a wonderful yeah. life. Um, Put me to pasture there. Yeah, that's, yeah. it sounds like a, a good life. And wow, what a successful um, tenure he had with the NASA program. It's, yeah, another legend gone, though. We're, there, we're losing him there, left and right. There's very few uh, left. We still have uh, Jim Lovell. His his wife actually uh, passed away um, this this past summer or fall as well. What's his um, age? He's got to be Jim, 90 Jim is yeah. in his mid-90s, too. Same mid-90s. age, I think, yeah. So, um, but, yeah, it... Yeah, we still have Buzz, Jim, and uh, Charlie Duke. Charlie Duke, so, yeah. Charlie Duke is um, a little... He's older, but he's also younger, right? As yeah. far as that goes. But Jim Lovell is uh, 95, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, they're all getting up there. Uh, we're we're grateful for them while they're still here, but, um, but yeah, cheers Charlie to them. Charlie Duke is 88, yeah. Cheers to them. Cheers to them. Cheers to Frank Borman and to Ken Mattingly. Rest in peace, legends. Apollo-era legends. Um, and even as he sta- stated there, some Gemini uh, work for Frank Borman in, in the uh, early early days as well. These guys were such pioneers. And without them, um, who knows? Let's toast to them. Let's yeah. toast to them. <clears throat> Borman, Mattingly. Cheers. Cheers. Mission accomplished. That was so cheesy. Sorry. <laughs> I, sorry. I, so I, I recently, um, it was last weekend, I watched... Um, the uh, Last Man on the Moon documentary. Oh, uh, so good. And that just puts into context how janky and, and how, how crazy Gemini was and, like, all that. Like, when they were first going up into space, those guys had to be so just, like, I, I don't know, like, almost half crazy or, like, zero nerves, one of the two. Mm-hmm. But um, it, just so brave, like, to be able to do that. Like, it was... You're you're talking like this, more or less a a coffin with two seats in it, mm-hmm. and bolted together. Like technology was just so. I mean, at the time it was high tech, but looking back now, I mean, even the Apollo stuff, it's crazy that those guys had the nerve to do that. But, um, yeah, brave brave guys to be able to do that and pull it off. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, obviously we lost a couple of heroes along the way. Mm-hmm. One from Grand Rapids, Roger B. Chaffee. But, yep, uh, Apollo one. Yep, but impressive. So Yeah, nerves of steel. Uh, those guys, all of them are absolute legends. And it's interesting to think, too, like what would have happened if they did not make their pri- triumphant mission to the moon? Like if that never happened, if the Apollo mission had, was scrubbed and the Russians made it to the moon first. or You know, there's all sorts of things that kind of could could have changed the course of history, but... Because of their a lot of their uh, courageous acts and the the members, um, the, all the team members that were surrounding them in support of their missions, were changed the game. I yeah. to David's point, like you talk about how like balls of steel these guys had. Like when we went to Kennedy, and you can actually see like you know the the module, lunar module, and everything. You realize how. Like, I mean, these things are heavy, they're clunky, there's nothing safe about them. Yeah. And some dude just being like, I'll get in that thing yeah. that with the rocket strapped to it and go to the moon. Like, n- no, there's there's not enough money you could pay me to want to do that. And these guys were just like, yeah, I'm going to be the first to do it. You think about the Mercury missions um, with the Redstone rocket, like literally a capsule designed for space travel, obviously. But on top of an ICBM missile, yeah, like yeah, just straight up missile that was designed for that. 
it's it's funny Inter- you mentioned that country warfare and all this it's like wow they just really went all in i it's funny that you mentioned the uh, it's a missile essentially Mm -hmm. because elon was just on rogan and he was they were talking about like where they launch from and like choosing the right place to launch from um and he's like yeah i think rogan asked him like did you ever think about like going like more into mexico or whatever he's like oh you can't you got to stay on u.s soil because it's considered an inner continental ballistic missile oh wow mm-hmm. yeah in terms because, of what it is you know, yeah like you you could have that thing loaded up with explosives and send it over to or even if it did land in a place that it shouldn't uh you know in some yeah. tragic some, yeah, some, some test event or something it could do damage to uh to wherever it lands yeah, if yeah. it's not done correctly it's an interesting thing yeah though no, i mean the the yeah crazy thing is now is that there's a lot of countries that have those but they're actual missiles yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh with not uh, a yeah. capsule to hold a dude on top yeah. but something in much more in um sinister sinister yeah yeah, yeah that's the word yeah. yeah the uh the world we live in but uh yeah it's an interesting tra- trajectory though to watch this um boca chica texas star base unfold as a result of all the steps that spacex is taking towards starship it's like a whole complex down there now and pretty impressive stuff. Okay. Yeah, um, are we to the point in the podcast we can start talking about aliens again? Yes, because one here's a, here's a good segue. You mentioned Mexico. Um, but one thing Mexico has been in the news for lately is still these paper mache looking things uh, that were now brought to the Mexican Congress for a second time. EOTNN reporting live now uh, to talk about the second round of this Peruvian alien, these... What did they discover, Matthew? So um, I'm going to pull it up there's, as well. There's more of them some. now, right? Or no? Yep, well, you said there was one sitting up. Yeah, there's some sitting up. So the Mexican Congress holds its second UFO session featuring Peruvian mummies. Now, they're claiming that these mummies, they're almost saying, well, we, yeah, we know they're mummies, but they're alien mummies. Um, in this segment, um, they've also described there's a, did uh, they, a group of DNA scientists from a university in Peru that are have all signed off on a paper essentially saying that you know, we we as professionals we we can we can agree that it's not human, but because as Nathan it's said, paper mache. yeah, <laughs> it's actually uh, paper fibers or <laughs> like stone. Yeah, it's limestone. <laughs> so um, also, there's a lot of um, so Jamie well, Masson. Well, I guess the guy. my my when I think about a mummy, I think about something wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Like if it gets that old, like you know, King Tutankhamen or whatever, mm-hmm. that old can you no longer remove the like the bandage type stuff that's on the to see if there's remains I inside? think you can because they I mean like those Egyptian type mummies like they've received you know they pulled DNA out of those yeah like so you, you would be able to tell if there's something so. inside yeah did you see the um is it cake yeah like so goofy good. thing about yeah. that breaking like, news so, <laughs> Mila loved that show is it cake? And then it was when they like did the, it for alien. the alien. Yeah. Yeah. It was so they, good. It was literally a, like it looked just like that one. They did too. a perfect yeah. job. Oh, it was yeah. so good. Um, so this article goes on to say Which that. Which wouldn't be hard because it was a terrible mummy yeah. anyway. It looked like a cake. It did, did from the beginning. It looked like a sheet cake from so Costco. Do we, did they have photos of the ones that are sitting up then? Yeah. Um, let's see. So the mm. Peruvian mummies were. Last sip of underbrew. The, the, those so that are. are kind of squashing these claims um, are saying that these are called Nazca mummies. Nazca were a, um, there's the picture. If you want to see the, the kneeling on yeah, the far right there. All right. 
<clears throat> so the Nazca mummies were um, an indi- indigenous group of uh, people in the Peru region, like a long, long time ago, and they were smaller. What do you think, Agent? Yeah, let's see. EOTNN weighing in on the photo. Definitely no. not aliens. It's, it, no. No, like, yeah. I mean that looks like it's like whittled out of wood. Yeah, or it could, if 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 anything, it's just Oops. maybe a, maybe a a Nazca mummy, like a true, you know, back in yeah. the day, uh, back in the day, uh, whenever the Nazca mummies existed. No, that it, that's like paper mache or like clay or yeah, something. for sure. They say uh, Jamie Masson is the journalist from Mexico who is kind of um, he's like the. He's like the uh, Jeremy Corbell of Mexico, and he has... No, there's only one Jeremy Corbell. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. That guy's he, the worst. You know, he was in the news, too, because um, I, I guess that... Uh, Gra- was it Grouse? The David Grouse or David Gruse or something like that that mm. did the testimony? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The, the former, UFO. The, yeah, the guy. Um, apparently, you know, when he was calling for all those uh, skiffs in his testimony... Yep. That got approved, so now they're going to have skiffs where they get to talk to him about. Okay. So, so Corbell the was in the news. Yep, and the skiff room. He I got think what we, he wanted. Yeah. It's essentially a room where there's uh, only talking. There's no wires. There's no yeah. microphones. There's no pen and paper. There's no cameras. Yeah. It's a completely private room. So we'll see um, who ends up leaking that news. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was on like a legit news. I don't know if it was on like ABC or something, but he... Corbell was on interviewed about it like mm-hmm. oh so you know this happened in our alien expert Jeremy Corbell is on the scene oh boy we we need to put that guy out of business because we would do so much better job yeah and the, um, this, we, should, we should get him on the podcast actually we should have a debate there's a lot He's more to this story we're just scratching the surface here by on this by the way keep going so Sorry. um Dr. Daniel Mendoza showed photographs and x-rays of what he said was a quote non-human being a rock oh, so um, non-human being that i mean that's anything yeah <laughs> that's not human uh jamie masson the it's guy, a dishwasher it's non-human the hype man um said it was a quote new species as it did not have lungs or ribs and then you're like wait a second neither does paper mache well hold up though the, even the it's it contradicts itself because if you look up the if you look at the photo of the first of those aliens that was the most prominent feature was their paper mache ribs yeah if you if you recall, yeah, and now he's that's saying, all it was was ribs. Now he's saying that they don't have lungs or ribs, so he's kind of going back. He's double backing. Um, at the end of their um, uh, approach, what was it? <laughs> yeah, the cake. It's so good. At the end of the, it uh, looks identical to the it actual. Does. <clears throat> they did a fantastic job. Whoever the cake maker was, show me that again. It's so good. <laughs> It looks ma- like a good cake, too. It does. Ma- yeah, I know. It's like uh, cookies and cream cake yeah. or something like that. Got some the frosting. Mouth, that, that cement texture, cookies and well, cream. Like the mouth is actually... So this is the actual... It looks identical. It looks almost identical, yeah. Like the mouth looks identical. It's crazy. It looks but, spot on. See, what I don't understand about this... Well, I do understand because it's fake, but uh, what I don't get about the actual... like. They had this thing in this like little like bed with they like purposely put <laughs> a shoebox. They they put like like dust on top of it. Yeah. Like it's that's Parmesan what I, cheese, David. Yeah. That's what I don't like it's how Parmesan are people cheese. It's actually white chocolate shavings on top of the cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I don't get. And people are like buying it. in. The, the, here's the thing too. So the, the people that are hyping this up, 
the Jeremy Corbell uh, equivalent, right? This Jamie Masson. In, t- in 2017, Masson made similar claims in Peru. And in, in a report by the country's prosecutor's office found that the bodies were actually, quote, recently manufactured dolls, which had been covered with a mixture of paper and synthetic glue to simulate the presence of oh, skin. God. AKA paper mache. Oh, the, these so guys, guys just, how does he have the government in on this? I think that's just one of those situations you think about like, a, I look at it this way and maybe, maybe Mexico just functions in this way with their government. And I, I guess I respect them for letting it's, anyone it's a mask for all the cartels that they're like backing. <laughs> but it's like, it reminds me of like a local municipalities chamber of commerce meeting. You know, it's like a Thursday night at seven yeah. and the board is meeting and some guy that's upset about his yard goes to speak and he, they let, they let him, they let him speak his word. So it's essentially like he took, he took it to the next country. He went, he was like, Mexico anybody I'm sure he went to other South American countries with this uh, he's not ju- it's it's a full team of people um, he sounds French the uh, let's see here governing pi- parties say that all ideas and and, I, and all proposals will always be welcome to debate them hear them to agree with them or not so that was from the Mexican Congress so it's like okay no. Mexico like they're just like hearing people yeah. out but it still made quite a show and in this case in the second hearing they finished their presentation off with a um, with a rapper that came and sang a song. <laughs> <laughs> and now to close out the show, Eminem. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Um, I don't know if the performance is available, but um, <laughs> Lil Weezy gonna put you to bed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was an interesting one, and and the photo was really funny. I, I'll have to pull it up here, see if I can find it, even if it happens to be after the after the podcast, because he. It's just the whole thing is just such a charade. Um, <laughs> That's all right. And, it's losing credit. I mean, it, yeah. like when it first made the news, it was like Mexico claims to have you know bodies of aliens or whatever. Right. Like since then, it's just gone downhill. Yeah, and and even if they are real, because obviously in 2017, the hype man behind it got busted for essentially paper mache. I love how they say synthetic paper material or paper <laughs> material and synthetic glue, like a sixth grade or a first grade paper mache project wild. But even if some of them were actual mummies, they probably, they were just Peruvian people from that long ago yeah, that yeah. were just dug up. Wait, you, pull that picture back up again. Did it have ribs? Yeah. They contradict the, the guy contradicts himself. I can't tell. Zoom in on it. Does it have ribs? doesn't stay zoomed. Um, I have a. It just looks. This is one of the second ones that on, they revealed. It's EOTNN it, on the I, case. I can't tell. We gotta, if it was we're going to crack this case right I can't now. Tell. All right, here's here's a hilarious. This is from the second showing, the second session, uh, where the Mexican Congress allowed these folks to come back in. <laughs> Look at this Look picture. My shoebox. Look at this picture. Why don't they just cut the thing in half and then see <laughs> yeah. for themselves? Yeah, like a magic trick. <laughs> It's so tiny. The one that I just showed Nathan. It's such a tiny little paper mache. It is. It's thing. not like. And the shoulders are so broad. And yeah. So square. Yeah. It is. It, <laughs> that is literally like they watched Independence Day. And yeah. And then yeah. they were like, let's get some paper Or they watched E.T. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this picture. It's so terrible. <laughs> it's just so. It's like a terrible mold of E.T. Yeah. And E.T. was made in, like, what, 1984? Yeah, exactly. they're just, they're still, like, somebody's spending money on this. Oh, yeah. Like, actually. The taxpayers are spending money on this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is wild that it has its, and and there were people that were like, no, this this time, I think they're real. 
there's these Peruvian they had, university they had members. I think, well, like, as soon as when, I saw it, I was the, like, no. Well, no, I'm saying when the story broke and they're mm. like, yeah, the Mexican government is going to release photos of them. It's like, oh, shit, it's government. It's like, this yeah. is legit. It's made its way all the way up to be, becoming big news. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, it's a wild story. So the 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 Peruvian crew, um, or it's not Peruvian folks, it's just found, they claim that it was found in Peru. But the group behind this, uh, you know, They'll keep trying, I guess. The, the moral of the story is, next time you want to make a fake alien, don't use paper mache. Yeah. Get like get like pig organs or something. Oh, God. And like make a legit dummy alien. Well, paper like mache ain't going to cut it. No. So you could go one of two ways here. You could go, um, I found a mummy and make it look absolutely fucking ridiculous like that. Yeah. Or you could say... I've got a recent kill of a mummy, like a recently dead, mu- deceased <laughs> recently mummy. Recently killed the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> this mummy, it came alive. Or <laughs> like alien. I recently killed this alien. Yeah. Sorry. Um, it landed in my backyard. And so I and, and, it. and then you use like actual like you know. Yeah, I shot it with my my shotgun and it yeah. blew apart, and they just scatter like pig yeah. parts. So <laughs> and you, then they do a DNA test, and they're like, "It's pork. This is swine <laughs> here, sir." So I mean that's really all you could do is you could say this is the so old it's mummified or it's or it's actually uh, a recent kill definitely they so. they just their approach is but whatever so you do wild. when you discover that alien in your backyard you you tag EOTNN in your yeah. your post oh, because yeah. we need to be alerted to this we need to break the news break the news oh man wild wild times. One more thing I wanted to mention. This is kind of a, a change of topic, but um, fades fades out the episode just as we do fade out our first half, which is talking about Underberg. And I wanted to give a shout out to um, a crew of, of folks that seems like a really good group of uh, of guys, the Underberg hockey team. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the, uh, definitely worth a shout out. Um, got got to interact with the um, the head the head guy over there uh, from the Underberg hockey team. It's like a beer league group. They Clearly, are passionate hockey players, but they just kind of sounds like us. Yeah, it's a very similar. There's parallels there. We haven't there. played in a while, though. We haven't played. No, but I mean, but with just bikes. as far as how no. we are with cycling, as as yeah. to what they are with with hockey, and I'll look up where they're from because I want to give them a proper shout out. But uh, they have the coolest Underberg hockey sweaters, and I, you know, that made me insanely jealous because they would match perfectly. Because I wear green pants. I've got green pants. I have green too. socks. And I have green and blue gloves. Oh, the Underberg jersey with that. I do have actually. I, I would I, trade I any one of those those guys for a Underberg jersey. Yeah, cycling Absolutely. jersey for uh, for sure. I'll give hockey. you a U chamois for yeah. a hockey jersey. Yeah. How about yeah. that? I'll give you a set of arm warmers. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, so they just started their podcast, or sorry, not their podcast, their uh, Instagram, back on October 15th. So they've been more more into the um, kind of sharing their games and stuff, and they also brewed a beer What's called their Underdog. At? I gotta follow them at underberg uh underscore hockey they did a beer called underdog which was cool. a collaboration with underberg and keegan ales and yeah just a, just a shout out to them it sounds like um there a lot of them or some of them are actually cyclists as well um so there's just a lot of similarities when when i was chatting with the guy on instagram we uh definitely will form some sort of collaboration at some point seems like a like-minded group so yeah. uh pretty cool they have uh, a fun member of their team is Jurgen Benneke, who is the two thousand or sorry the nineteen ninety four downhill mountain biking world champion. We got to talk to and him. He just plays 
We in, gotta talk to him because well, I know they're in New York. They're in New York State, so somehow he we'll ended get up him there. On the pod. Yeah, he's like the Carl of their Wait. team. <laughs> yeah, they have. Well, I don't know. I don't know what his story is, but they do have. Didn't we hold uh, Olympics in upstate New York? In Lake they're, Placid, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was winter. But yeah, but, I been. mean, that means there's good hills around there for downhilling oh, yeah. for sure. Definitely. Yeah, that maybe it drew him to. That's where he settled in. But, but yeah, it's uh, it's cool. I just wanted to give them a shout out as they are underway with their season. The mm-hmm. I, uh, it's cool to see just like a group wearing Underberg um, hockey sweaters. It's a neat neat thing. I to wonder. Yeah, cool. I wonder how many games they have. If it's similar to how many Grattans we have. Mm-hmm. It's a worthy challenge. Like, you know, could we win? I don't know. We, we can't win. <laughs> We've right. won before. We have, yeah. yeah. And and I'm getting serious next year, but I, that could doesn't we, mean I can win. Could we take a... Well, yeah, we could find we a, win more Gradens than they can win hockey games? Call it the Underberg Cup. <laughs> yeah, the Underberg Cup. Something. The Berg Cup. We probably well, have more... Well, I was going to say, they probably have a decent amount of games. Yeah, once, a, it, once a week. I would say it's yeah. probably like more like bowling 16? league. 16? I mean, we have Something. 16 Grattans. That's true. That's true. We'll have All to right. find out. We're, well, we're, we'll get these guys on for sure. Yeah. yeah. We're going to challenge them. It's going to be a duel. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. They um, are, are repping the Underberg uh, just like we do. And it's a great way to, to wrap out the podcast because it is a great way to wrap out a meal, uh, which is what we'll be doing we later that. in this month of thank, of November for Thanksgiving. Yes. It's the number one. We yeah. got to roll this into a bit of an ad for Underberg because it is there. This is you game time. You got to have your Bergs for Thanksgiving. This is uh, the Super Bowl of Underberg. Is yeah. Thanksgiving? Yeah, get it ready. Get it on hand. Get it on deck. Keep it um, chilled too. Yeah, yeah. Highly recommend the chilled. It's always. It's just so nice. It, um, there's plenty of people who Berg do, with your coffee. Oh yeah, and the, yeah. There's plenty of people who will take an Underberg before a large, large meal like that, and it can work just the same. It can actually get your digestive. Uh, system ready and prepped for that huge meal so cheers to underberg and big cheers to ecliptic brewing we'll bring back to the beginning um kudos to john big, harris yeah big big um, thank you for everything john yeah thank you john yeah. and, and well wishes in the in the next endeavor whatever that may be as you continue to guide this brand of ecliptic brewing um in a different way of course but in a way that we know you'll be so successful in and the brand will live on and see you in April. Keep keep the sprint or keep the space themes coming, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you soon. April. Big cheers. Yeah, April. April eighth. He's still. We're holding his feet to the fire on that. He's we're, coming we'll get, with us. We're gonna get him there. It's gonna we're be getting good. real close too. It's gonna get getting yeah, real gonna close. We gotta schedule that so meeting. The, we do. Yeah, I was yep. thinking about that. We'll uh, get that on the books here. I think probably maybe like right after Thanksgiving or something. We'll yep. we'll yeah. sit down. I get the map printed from work, and we'll start uh, parsing it out. So it's gonna be great. We'll see you in a month. For episode seventy, wow, what? seventy, oh. unbelievable, seventy. That's we've d- wand them, we've donned them. I just remember episode fifty being like, wow, um, that's a lot, and then just it, seventy is so much more. It's yeah. uh, it's a ton. So we'll we'll see you in December. Big for, things coming. We just registered for Barry today. Mm-hmm. Barry opened oh, yeah. up. Big big things to come. Um, so we'll see you soon in episode seventy. Big cheers. Cheers. Bye. Cheers.